Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Wow, it is Championship Sunday in Paris. Welcome to TC Live, our pregame show to get you ready for the men's final. And while it has been centuries since the last French Revolution, there is a feeling that the resistance is rising at Roland Garros. With the King of Clay now gone, will one of his contemporaries take the throne or will youth reign supreme? It is Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas meeting here for the second time in eight months. Just one round further, but the stakes infinitely greater. Tennis Channel's encore showing at 2 p.m. Eastern. With that, we welcome you onto our DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. Live in Paris, Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin, Paul Anacone. It's day 16 for us. We made it. We did the pregame show. We got to Championship Sunday. You guys even invited me back. I didn't think I was going to get back. I got back yesterday and today. I'm psyched. That's how good of a job you've done, Paul. You were always invited back. Kept you till the very last day. Uh, We're going to break down the men's final, obviously, but we got to start by talking about the women. And, Chanda, we even have to start by talking about earlier today. Barbara Krejcikova not only won the singles yesterday, she doubled up about an hour ago. Yeah, she completed the double-double. Is that what we're calling it? The double-double. The The single-double? The (laughs) single-double. The last time that was done was in 2000. Mary Pierce, good friend, wonderful player. And now Krejcikova in that category. It's amazing. You would not... We would not have thought that when we started the tournament two weeks ago that she would be holding up both trophies, but she played incredible tennis over the course of these two weeks, both in singles and in doubles. It has been impressive. And it was good to see her so happy in her interviews, talking about her road to get here, all of her influences um, on and off the court. It was phenomenal. It's amazing to watch, right? I mean, it's been so long, and to see her come through with all the different adversity and uh, to hear all the nice stories about Yana Novotna and also Martina and their influence. And our friend Chris Clary wrote a really nice piece uh, about just kind of the whole landscape that's been involved. So it's really been a terrific, uh, it's been a terrific story the whole time. Eight months ago, ranked outside the top 100, now just the fourth active woman to own major titles in singles, doubles, and mixed. She might be a Hall of Famer now. We will, of course, have her full singles and doubles highlights later in the show. But starting with the men, and, well, we've got a first-time major finalist, Stefano Tsitsipas, looking to become the youngest Roland Garros men's singles champ since Rafa Nadal took the title in 2008. Chanda took care of business against Alexander Zverev in the semifinal. Yeah, Tsitsipas started off on a mission, was aggressive, taking balls inside the court, coming into net. He would take the first two sets fairly simply. And then Zverev, though, started playing better, cut down on the unforced errors. He got more aggressive. And that third set was a big turnaround. He relaxed even more after taking it. And in the fourth set, just kept swinging. The forehand was on point, the backhand as well. And again, he kept being aggressive, Zverev. But into the fifth set, this game, Sitsipas serving was huge. He saved three break points. And in the end, did not face another one as he got through in five sets. An incredible victory for Sitsipas. Wrote on the camera, let's do it for the love of country. 
the first Greek player to make a Grand Slam final. Then it was the 58th edition of Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal. Paul, you called it pure fiction, the level. The shot making was sensational. It was, uh, we're used to science fiction. This was more like math fiction with all the angles and the resiliency. Look at these two warriors. I mean, this was the best set of tennis, this third set that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the level of athleticism, the inability to finish a point, and the ability to stay mentally resilient in the most pressure-packed situations, this is sheer math fiction right here. The angles and then the flick topspin lob on the baseline at five all deuce in the third. It was absolutely volcanic inside the arena. Luckily, the powers that be allowed the fans to stay past curfew. They battled on after that third set and in the fourth set, Nadal up two love steep. I've never seen Rafa lose six games in a row. It was an incredible, incredible moment. A lot of things you've never seen, but in the end, Novak Djokovic, for the second time, able to conquer the king of play on this court. On the verge of his 19th major title, Novak Djokovic talked about his young opponent. He's in great form. Um, I think he leads uh, rankings, race rankings this year. He's had uh, best results overall. Uh, I think he matured as a player a lot. Uh, Clay, arguably his best surface. Uh, we played uh, an epic five-setter last year in the semis here. So, uh, yeah, I, I know it's going to be a, it's going to be another tough one, and uh, I'm hoping I can recharge my batteries as much as I can because I'm going to need some some power and energy for for that one. Played the epic five-setter here last year, 30 days ago in the Rome quarterfinals. Three hours and 16 minutes, a three-setter that Djokovic won. 5-2 head-to-head and has never lost on clay to Stefanos Tsitsipas. So, Chanda, what's going to be the biggest factor in this matchup? You know, it'll be, I think, when Tsitsipas walks out there, the belief. And we talk about this over and over with some of the players on the women's side never having been in this situation before. For Tsitsipas not having been in a Grand Slam final, this is a huge moment. How is he going to respond? How is he going to feel? It's, it's a lot of unknowns. He's got to settle into the match as quickly as possible, get the serve going, and try to be aggressive. That's what got him to this stage, taking balls inside the court, trying to get in as often as possible. That's not going to be easy against Djokovic, but he does have experience playing Djokovic. He has just played him you know, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, was up in that match, didn't get it, but that maybe should help him try to settle into this match as quickly as possible and, you know, just let it all hang out. It's a huge moment. You just want to play your best tennis. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the moment itself. This is Tsitsipas' first final. He's been to three other major semis. Look, he's beaten Rafa and Roger uh, in majors. He's not beaten Novak. It's a different test for him. Um, he's got to do a really good job playing offensive tennis. Um, and when you look at the road, too, to me, he played the best tennis into the semifinals other than, other than Rafa. He had one hiccup set um, until the semifinals against John Isner, which is, uh, it could be a hiccup against uh, Isner, can create hiccups for everybody. Up until then, he played great and a great resilient fifth set. Look, I think the biggest thing is how well he manages this situation against Novak. He lost to him 6-1 in the fifth here just a few months back, was up 1-0, lost six games in a row. You talk about the match in Rome, Chanda, he was up a set in 4-2. 
Then he was up 3-1 in the third. Then he served for the match. So he can get there. Can he get across the finish line? That's the toughest thing against Novak Djokovic because no one in the history of the game, in my opinion, has defended like Novak. So what's going to happen in the big moments? Will Tsitsipas' one-handed backhand hold up or not? Can he hit it down the line enough to create opportunities against Novak? I will be sitting back and I will be enjoying it, <laughs> having my tea and biscuits and taking notes, Steve. Uh, the last time Novak, you know, beat Rafa here, he, he lost to a guy with a one-handed backhand in the final. That was Stan Wawrinka. But Chanda, for Novak Djokovic, how do you not have an emotional letdown after playing the match he did against Rafa, which seemed like a final? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the question on, on Novak Djokovic's side of the net. And, you know, he knows what that's like, though. He knows how to recover, how to manage himself, his body, himself emotionally and physically. And I think, you know, this is going to be another test. But the good thing is he had such a tough match against Tsitsipas just recently. He's not going to take this match for granted. He was down, you know, almost down and out in that match. So he's got to be looking at this as, you know, trying to have the same mental attitude and motivation almost as he had against Rafa Nadal. And, you know, you got one match for the title. This is it. And Novak Djokovic, he is one of the best at closing in these big situations. I think this is an interesting time, too, for Novak because so much on the line in terms of historical references, right? If he wins this match, one behind Roger and Rafa with Wimbledon a few weeks away and then the U.S. Open. Remember, after he beat uh, Rafa last time here, he lost to Stan in the finals. So he'll have that experience to remember to fight against a letdown in the finals. And Novak has played tremendous tennis. Look, a couple, a little bit of a, a hiccups here. The Musetti match, how amazing was that to watch him just, th just raise the throttle after the first two sets and show the teenager what it's all about. Again, a huge emotional match against Berrettini. He's had three matches in succession where there has been so much emotional energy taken and used to get through. That's my concern. Not just the one match against Rafa. It is the three matches in a row, whereas he, he's had to go into overdrive emotionally, and that you can't weigh. So very important for Novak to start off strong today, I think. All right, we will continue to break down this match throughout the show. Novak Djokovic, speaking of history, looking to become the first man in the open era to win at least twice at every single major championship. On the women's side, once again, sixth straight first-time major champion to be crowned at Roland Garros. Two very different stories, Chanda. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova making her first final after 52 tries, and Krejcikova in just her fifth. Yeah, this was a, an amazing final between two players who came in playing excellent tennis over the course of almost two weeks. Krejcikova got the early advantage, was less tight, more relaxed, and that was the story. But then Pavlyuchenkova started firing off the ground, started finding her range and her rhythm. She relaxed and got into the match, had a little trouble physically, had the trainer out at the end of that second set. Wondered how much that may have affected her movement, but to... To Krejcikova's credit, she did not get deterred, didn't get distracted, stayed in there. And when you consider how big this moment was for her, she kept hitting through her shots, finally getting it there. Incredible for her, a Grand Slam champion. In singles. In singles, in doubles, in mix. She has done it all now. Let's listen to her. I was just telling myself, like, you know, it would be really nice if I can get, you know, the Grand Slam in all three categories, so... Now, it, now it's happening. I cannot believe it. Now it's happening. Wow. It's never easy to, to be a runner-up, but um, I still, you know, I still have to be grateful for these two amazing weeks. And 
um, you know, I've said to my brother, and really that's the case, like a couple of weeks ago, just before the Madrid, um, we sat at one uh, cafe, uh, we were having coffee, and he told me, I got you, like, I really believe in you, and I think you can do well this year. And congratulations to Pavlyuchenkova. What a run, making her first major final, getting past the quarterfinals for the first time in her career at a major. Take a look at these champions. Krejcikova joining Sviantek, Barty, Halep, Ostapenko, Muguruza. I mean, we've had these first-time winners here at Roland Garros, Janda. Yeah, now, you know, the last six years, and it has been a real opportunity. 2015, remember Serena winning. She's still trying to go for, for 24 but amazing when you look at this roster, players who have stepped up and then who backed it up. And so we wonder kind of how Krejcikova will use this, use this confidence, this newfound singles game. Um, how will she continue through the rest of the year and, and where will she end up? She's already inside the top 15 now. Yeah, it, career high in ranking. She's won 12 matches in a row, Paul. How did she do this? Uh, I'll tell you, I, I think that's what tennis, why it's so great, right? Because we, we see these stories, and in team sports, it's amazing. In individual sports, I think it's even more magnified, right? Because you never would have guessed this. Unseated coming in here, an emotional high. The storylines with Novotna were amazing. Her talent, we've seen. We've seen her play great tennis before. But to see her do it through two weeks in singles and in doubles and fight through all the emotional stuff she had, um, a little bit of an anxiety issue earlier in the tournament, right, where she was struggling to get on the court. Got past that, and then you wonder, wow, how's she going to deal with it? She dealt with it pretty darn good. It's just been an amazing thing to see. Yeah, I mean, we started this tournament talking about mental health and, and all of the issues surrounding that. And, you know, as you mentioned, Paul, Krejcikova admitting that she struggled in the middle of the tournament before the golf match, that she almost could not take the court. Um, that she had to talk to someone, she had to get herself mentally in the right space. And, you know, I think that was huge for her, just accepting where she was. We see her on court, and she seems so even keel, so calm. But you never know the emotions that are going through, you know, players' minds and, and their bodies. And to play through, you know, those types of, of moments, it was huge. And it was just good to see for both those players, Pavlyuchenkova and Krejcikova, getting to their first major finals and for the winner. We really got to see her personality come out throughout this event, and it was so special that Martina Navratilova was able to hand out the trophy to Barbara Krejcikova in that singles final, and she closed in doubles. We'll have all of those highlights still to come here on TC Live, and a full doubles report with history made on the men's side as well. Plus, we go one-on-one -on -one with Stephen Amitrage of Universal Tennis, and after 15 days, we have compiled the very best of the best men's style later in the show. But first, it was 30 years ago that our friend and colleague Jim Courier won his first Roland Garros title. We relive that incredible moment. You're watching TC Live Championship Sunday in Paris. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. In pursuit of greatness, just two weeks from tomorrow, our Wimbledon coverage begins Monday, June 28th. And, you know, Nicholas Mahout may still be best known for what he did against John Isner over three days at Wimbledon. 
But his best memory may have come yesterday, right here at Roland Garros. In the doubles, teaming up with Pierre-Hugues Herbert, looking to become the first all-French team to win two titles at Roland Garros. They had the crowd on their feet yesterday, Paul. Yeah, it was a magical time a few years ago when they captured the title and uh, who had his son come out on the court. Yesterday was kind of dire straits. Bublik and Golubev were playing some tremendous tennis. Serve for the match in the second set. The French crowd starting in into it. Herbert who are tremendous at the net. They are great doubles players. They know all of the little angles to play, cover each other's weaknesses incredibly well. Got the early break in the third set, and listen to the crowd. It was awesome to see these guys come back and play such great tennis when it mattered most. The tiebreak was just nail-biting, but once they got into the third, it looked like the Frenchmen just kind of relaxed a bit, and they got a little bit more comfortable, and there was the great serve from Air Bear to rack it up, and Nico Mahu was ecstatic. There was so many emotions out on the court. Uh, a lot of great history for these guys winning it here again. And uh, this is a huge moment here, Steve. This is Nicholas Mahu just paying tribute to the young doubles team, the boys that won the junior French. Yeah, Arthur Feast there on the left, Giovanni Pericard on the right. They were the French junior champs, so an all-French duo Winning at the big boy level and the junior level. And for Air Baron Mahout Chanda, fifth major title together, 18th title overall. The emotions that they had on the court after the match were incredibly special. And we didn't have any French players, men's or women's, in singles make it to the second week. But to see them be able to raise that trophy here in Paris was incredible. Yeah, you could see the pride uh, and... You know, just the camaraderie they have together. They've played together so many years, but every title, every time you have the chance to play for a title is special, and especially in your home country in front of fans who are so behind you. And to get it done in that type of moment when you want to the most, it's an incredible feeling. And at the end of the day, they are once again Roland Garros champions. You just can't beat that. Yeah, I think the big thing, Chanda, that you hit on, too, is to be able to do it here at home for another time, you know. And, and early in the tournament, we heard so much rhetoric and conversation about that their French players were doing so poorly. There was, no, you know, there was, there was a lot of negativity going on. And to see them at the end of the day with tears in their eyes, with another trophy, it was, uh, it was a special couple of weeks for those guys. And by the way, the future may be very bright because in the boys, at least, yep. juniors, all four semifinalists came from France. Uh, there was history on the line that we saw earlier today for the women's doubles. Barbara Krejcikova looking to become the first woman to win singles and doubles here since Mary Pierce in 2000, playing last year's singles champ, Iga Sviantek, and the American, Bethany Maddox-Sands. Yeah, and, and so much on the line here and between two fantastic teams, uh, Krejcikova and Sinyakova, with a little more experience, of course, together having won titles Grand Slam titles, and they were able to use that advantage to get over the line in the first set. And it was still a battle in the second. A few more breaks of serves, but Sinyakova, she was all over the court. She figured, I'm assuming, that I got to go out and help my partner. She's done the hard work in singles. Let me try to help her out in doubles. She just was so solid, under pressure, coming up with some fantastic hits, especially at the net. And Maddox Sands and Shiontek. They battled. They kept getting back on serve a couple of times in that second set. But in the end, those types of shots from Sinyakova, what a moment for them as a team and for Krejcikova to complete the single double 
<laughs> hasn't been done at a major since Serena Williams. Hasn't been done here since Mary Pierce in 2000. And, and what she has been able to do over the past two weeks is nothing short of sensational. And, and I wonder, Paul, if, if that already right now puts her in the conversation for Hall of Fame. It's pretty impressive. And uh, our, our Hall of Fame mixed doubles tandem were up there. Brett and uh, Martina doing a great job listening to Martina. Who, who better to listen to for a match like that? And... and for I just think for Krajikova, when you look at what's happened, these two, I still scratch my head and go, really? You were able to get through all this stuff? And you talk about Siniakova in the finals playing some really good tennis. She did, but that's what doubles is all about, right? You have to figure out when, where, and how to help your partner, and it all came together great for them. And I think, you know, it's about trusting your partner as well, and they do that so well, Siniakova and Krajikova. You know, they've played together since they were kids, since junior days, and you know, you just can't manufacture that. You can't recreate that in a week or two weeks. And I think they came together beautifully. Um, you talk about trusting your partner, but I think Krejcikova began to trust her game in singles. She's always been a fantastic player. So, so many things came together for her in these two weeks. And it's always fun to see those kinds of stories. They won here as juniors. Now they've won twice at this level. And for Krejcikova, she enters Wimbledon as a seeded player. She had never played the main draw at Wimbledon in her life before this year. Incredible. Uh, next on TC Live, a visit from Stephen Amitraj of Universal Tennis. That means alley wrist talk, Prakash talk, maybe even some tennis breakdowns. Stay with us. Welcome back to TC Live on this third Sunday in Paris. Another beautiful day in this magical city. Steve Weissman on our DraftKings desk as we lead up to the men's final between Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas. All tournament long, we have been using Universal Tennis to predict the outcome of matches. And I am so happy to welcome in the chief tennis officer of Universal Tennis, our friend Stephen Amitraj to TC Live. Great to see you, Stephen. You too, Steve. Thanks for having us today. Absolutely. So Universal Tennis has gone through a little bit of rebranding. Tell us about that and what's been going on over there at Universal Tennis. Yeah, well, I, I mean, exactly. You said it. And we're so fired up to have a rebrand from formerly UTR, which was just mostly the rating that is at the core of our, our company to Universal Tennis, which is really signifying so much more, which is the manifestation and the, of the vision that we want it to be, which is, um, you know, creating products and services that is transforming tennis for all levels of the sport. Um, in the next few weeks and months, you're going to be seeing, seeing a new mobile app from us. You're going to be seeing a uh, entry into the adult league space from us. You're going to be seeing um, a release of a new product called Paid Hits for uh, elite players and coaches that can basically market themselves to the entire Universal Tennis ecosystem um, and, and really solve that one issue that everyone wants, which is to find people better than them to play with. Um, and then exactly as you said, our predictive analytics through our Universal Tennis uh, Insights is going to be released to the general public um, and hopefully provide um, amazing, you know, inclusion of data uh, into the sport from head to head matchups like we use on TC to um, overall tournament simulations and, and a lot more. So I, I'd recommend everyone goes to universaltennis.com uh, to, to check it out in, in greater depth. Speaking of that last point, Stephen, we, we've got Stefano Tsitsipas in his first major final here. He won a Masters event coming in. Sasha Zverev won a Masters event coming in. How do the UTR insights uh, show that next generation kind of closing the gap to the greatest generation? 
So, I mean, you, you said it, which is that the greatest generation has been on top and been dominant for so long. And, you know, our, our data team and our analytics team did a deep dive into answering that question of when is the CCPOS Medvedev Zverev group um, really going to kind of catch up or, or even take over? And what we've seen is that, you know, there's a steady progression from the restart and then you know, really from the beginning of this year that has shown that the gap has never been closer. The dominance of Novak and of Rafa and, and Fed, who, who hasn't, who wasn't in this list because he hasn't played as much since since the restart, um, has it is diminishing and is shrinking. So the trend lines are moving in that direction. Um, while they're still a little bit ahead, we're, the young guys are closing in fast. So, Stephen, as we break down today's final between Novak Djokovic and Stefano Tsitsipas, what does Universal Tennis tell us in terms of who will win? Yeah, so, I mean, look, it's going to be a fantastic match today. Um, we are going with Novak very slightly. This is the closest that these probabilities have ever been um, for us with one of kind of the, the greatest generation versus the young guns. Um, we saw two epic clay court matches with, with these two, uh, both in Rome and in Roland Garros last year. Um, and as you can see, it's, uh, it's a slight nod to Novak, but um, one that we're expecting to be a classic. 54-46, that, that, that is pretty tight, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Stephen, we can't let you go without talking about your wife, friend of the show here at, at Tennis Channel, Allison Risk. Uh, you're in the U.K. right now getting uh, all set to go for Wimbledon. How's the prep going? Prep's going well. You know, I mean, Allie's been dealing with uh, injuries for the last, um, I mean, really year. Um, but we're excited that she's kind of getting back into uh, the swing of things on the grass. She had a, a warm-up last week in in, uh, in Nottingham. She uh, is just playing doubles and having a training week this week in Birmingham, which I know Tennis Channel is covering on center court uh, as the start of, of the grass court season next week. Um, so we're excited at her, at her prospects. It's her favorite surface, and, uh, you know, I, I think she's going to be really coming into form here pretty soon. Obviously had a fantastic Wimbledon 2019, the last time it was played, ranked 30, could be seated there. So wish all the best to Allie at the All England Club. And also, you're, of course, the cousin of Prakash Amitraj, Prakash Worldwide. Uh, Got to get your thoughts, Stephen, on your cousin. Uh, how has he been doing, in your opinion, traveling the globe and, and carrying the torch for Tennis Channel? Well, I mean, I, I'm so proud to see to see him, uh, you know, doing his thing. Um, sometimes I get a little worried about him in the bubbles and the lockdown if there's no gym access or or uh, nutrition nutritionist specialist <laughs> nearby, but. Thankfully, he's got Danny carrying him through segments the way that uh, you carried me today, Steve. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's been great. It's been great to see. Great. It's all in the family. You, Prakash, Ali, uh, lots of love to you, Stephen. Uh, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to, to more with Universal Tennis going forward. Thanks a lot, my man. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. All right, Stephen Amitraj, the chief tennis officer of Universal Tennis here on TC Live. We are leading up to the men's final here. And a reminder, you can find all the new scores, player profiles, and more on our brand new tennis.com. You want to visit the website or download the new app. Back to Paris after this. The fans are lining up, ready to go into court. Philippe Chatrier, 5,000 lucky faithful. We'll get to see the men's final today. Novak Djokovic and Stefanos Tsitsipas. Can Djokovic get to number 19 on the all-time list? Or will Tsitsipas 
become the first Greek player to ever hold a major singles trophy. Well, the first time Rafa Nadal lost at Roland Garros, the man who beat him, Robin Soderling, lost to Roger Federer in that final. 2009, Roger Federer was able to win his only Roland Garros title. And you could say he was undefeated this year because he withdrew in the fourth round, Paul. Uh, did not complete a stay here, but is set to go for the grass. And he had this to say when arriving in Halle about playing on the green stuff right now. I always feel good straight away on grass. I automatically have a good feeling. I don't need a long time to get used to it. I'm very satisfied with how I performed at the French Open, how my body recovered afterward. So he's practicing, Paul, on the grass. Well, what do you make of Federer right now making that transition, getting ready for Wimbledon? Well, that, that's generally how Roger goes through his preparations. You know, the grass is really natural for him. The big question really is just the durability and the longevity. You know, how well will his body hold up? And not even necessarily in Halle this week, but still the big question is what happens three out of five sets for seven matches over two weeks? That's the big question because his main goal is to see how well he can play at Wimbledon. Yeah, I think, you know, that is obviously probably the biggest part of this for Federer, having been out so long with you know, surgeries and trying to recover and get back. It's, you know, managing your body, making sure you are as close to 100% as possible and that you stay that way, match in and match out. And, and these matches, I think, you know, maybe are still for him building, although, you know, he's looking at going in and winning these events, this lead-up event. You know, it's still about building. It's still about managing the physical part of it and making sure he's ready in you know, two-plus weeks for Wimbledon. I mean, that's huge, and, and that's what's at stake for all three of these guys, but I think in particular for Roger. When you coached him, Paul, I mean, what was his mindset heading into the grass? Well, look, it's a really natural thing, and the other great player that I coached, Pete Sampras, was the same thing. Once they got onto the plane getting ready to go to the green stuff, it was a very natural transition just really comfortable. It wasn't always like that for either player, but now the biggest thing for Roger is he's won so much that although he hasn't played in a long period of time, I don't think that there's a feeling of, uh-oh, can I do this? I really think his primary concern is, will the body allow me to be at my best? And then if, if it does, he's going to be very happy with the results because he trusts himself under duress on the grass courts. But the big thing is, how will the body hold up? Can he do this basically now for the next month? Because it's a month of tennis coming up. He's won Hala 10 times. We, we know Rafa got a statue here outside court, Philippe Chatrier. Roger Federer has his own street, Roger Federer Alley, that leads up to the main stadium there in Hala. But his path to title number 11 could have some serious speed bumps, Chanda. Yeah, I mean, it could be always a little, little trip. <laughs> I mean, you look at this list, and that's pretty solid there. Right? <laughs> are, I mean, are, are these guys going to yeah, play? Or they ease yourself into the tournament, right? <laughs> FAA, Medvedev, Zverev, Tsitsipas. I mean, he's got the whole next generation coming after him. And Tsitsipas still has a match today. Is he going to make it there? But that's amazing when you consider that potential road. Um, but you can't overlook anybody. You know, even qualifiers now can be a little bit tricky because they have matches under their belts. And, you know, you, you consider for Federer, the fact that he played here, I think, is a real big advantage because this is where you can develop your points a little bit more, start to make things a little more instinctive, especially coming back off of a long layoff. And then on grass, hopefully for him, it just starts flowing. And, you know, he talked about in that quote, being so comfortable on the surface, so that should help. But but that's what you want. You want to be as instinctive as possible from the first match. 
you know, don't get into any tricky situations. That draw is tough enough. And just try to get through those first rounds as, as simply as possible. He played so well here, Paul. It, it, it really looked pretty smooth for Roger winning his three matches here. But looking overall, now he doesn't have to worry about, you know, Rafa getting to 21. It's going to be 2020. 18 if Tsitsipas wins, 20-20-19 if Djokovic wins, and now all three will once again have the opportunity to get to 21 this year, and Roger can do it at Wimbledon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not worried about that. And, and <laughs> I, look, I, I can honestly say that with a straight face. I mean, I, I've spoken to him about this. This is stuff, and Rafa will tell you the same thing, that this is something they're going to think about after their careers. And if neither of those two win another one, they're going to be very proud and happy with their career. It makes for great conversation for us, and it really builds the drama right now. But the thing about great players is they understand the macro without compromising the micro, okay? And so Roger and Rafa in particular can think about the macro, but they're really ready. Rafa was really ready here. Roger will be really ready for Wimbledon, but they understand the macro. And I think that that gives them a really healthy perspective, and it's helped both of them with their longevity. And for Roger, the biggest thing about playing here is Wimbledon and grass courts, the margins are even more narrow. Grass courts, how many times have we seen one or two bad bounces or a let court? Stuff could happen. So if something doesn't go well with that terrible draw, terribly <laughs> difficult draw on Halle, he's had a bunch of tennis here. So I think that that's a real benefit for him. But look, Every time they roll the balls out now with all these new young guys, it's amazing what can happen, and we're going to get to see it shortly here at Roland Garros. Yeah, it sounds, Paul, like you know they know how to balance sort of the big picture stuff with the weeds that we sort of talk about and get into sometimes. But you know, it's important mentally in your approach to be able to manage that and, and to do that tournament in, tournament out, and you know, especially with the smaller events compared to the majors. I mean, they're all important, but you know, they sort of gear up. They want to play their best at the majors. Weeds. Come on, Chanda. You know, Three the, roses little, up those here. Little things that, <laughs> those little things that trip you up. Steve. Don't get tripped up. 2018. We'll see what happens after today. That's what the people want to hear. Yes. Uh, when we come back, we go down memory lane, a match that would change Jim Courier's life forever. Welcome back to Paris. Tennis Channel's coverage continues on Monday. Center court live in London, Halle, Birmingham, and Berlin. We are all over the grass courts. 5 a.m. Eastern, Tennis Channel Live at 3 p.m. Eastern, and encore coverage all afternoon and evening. Well, 30 years ago, Jim Courier walked onto that court, Philippe Chantrier, for his first Grand Slam final against his old Tennis Academy roommate, Andre Agassi. John Wertheim goes unstrung on the match that would forever change the life of our dear friend and teammate. For a sport that thrives on rivalry and contrast, you couldn't do much better than this one. At the time, anyway, it represented sizzle versus steak, style versus substance. Andre Agassi was credentialed with talent, cut a colorful figure, both literally and metaphorically, and brought to bear all the subtlety of his hometown. On the other side of the net, Jim Courier. Tennis's answer to a steelworker, he performed with grit and brutality. He threw himself into fitness and hit the ball with all the force in his body. If his game wasn't pretty and didn't come decked in flash, well, who cared? Winning the point was the point. 
That these two players were a few months apart in age and once shared a coach, Nick Spolitari, who essentially left Courier to put a bet on Agassi, well, that all only added to the intrigue. An ocean away from the courts in Florida, where their games were fertilized, they met in the final of the 1991 French Open 30 years ago this week. The winner would not just take his first major, he would beat the other to the milestone. Agassi took a 2-1 Seth's lead over Courier, who had never even before been beyond the fourth round of a major. Then it started to rain. Courier opportunistically used the delay to confer with his coach and reconfigure strategy. When the sky cleared, so did Courier's sense of mission. He came back and won the match, 3-6-6-4-2-6-6-1-6-4. He was 20 years old. I got a little bit lucky, but sometimes that's what it takes. And, um, sorry. Um... Swollen with confidence, he defended his title at Roland Garros the year after and won the Australian Open twice within the next 18 months. He would also become the youngest man to reach the finals of all four majors, a record he holds to this day. As it turned out, Agassi wouldn't fare badly himself. He would recover to win Wimbledon the following year, finally breaking through. He would win seven more majors deep into his 30s, including the French Open, the one that had gotten away in 1991. But on that rainy second Sunday in June 30 years ago, it was Courier's Day. The steelworker played alchemist, taking all that sweat and grit and dirt and transforming it into something bright and shiny. John Wertheim reporting. We are so lucky to have Jim as a part of our family here at Tennis Channel, two-time champion here at Roland Garros. Got to the finals again that, that next year as well. And can't believe it's, it's been 30 years since 91, that first title. Unbelievable. And, and, and as a four-time major singles champion, I think Jim is uh, one of the least talked about great players. I mean, the guy came in what I think is the greatest era of American men's tennis. You have four players in him and Pete and Andre and Michael Chang, just those four all major title holders, and they pushed each other like no other generation has. Um, and, and I think it's amazing at that time to remember that match because Jim got the rain delay and being, you know, the thoughtful player that he was with the coach that he had, Jose Higueras at the time, came back out and he willed himself to that title. And Andre had, at that time, I felt a little bit more pressure on himself because everyone had been talking about Andre and he hadn't won a major yet. And ironically, Andre's first major is Wimbledon on grass. And everyone's like, he's never going to win on grass. And Andre hated grass originally, and he goes over and wins that. So I, I love that year of tennis. Obviously, self-interest as well. Loved being a passenger in the bus, in the Sampras bus. So I got to see a lot of it up close. But those guys were just so much fun to watch push each other. Yeah, that was kind of a golden age of tennis. And for me, I was in juniors and kind of making that transition to the pros. And I remember that year, I turned pro later in the year. But I remember seeing Jim Courier as a champion and among that group of, of four incredibly great players from the U.S. And it was something to aspire to. It was something, you know, to shoot for, to, to dream about. And, you know, on the way to turning pro, 
to kind of have that as an influence and today to be working with them. It's pretty cool. And I always joke with him. I said, I kind of had a little crush on you, Jim. <laughs> he's like, I didn't know that. I know I didn't want you to know that. <laughs> but, you know, it was just amazing to see him, you know, as a champion and then to see him evolve and, and now to kind of be behind the desk with them. It's pretty fantastic. The youngest player to play in all four major finals are Jim Courier. Don't forget Courier. that, folks. <laughs> And by the way, uh, you can find on YouTube, he actually narrates the highlights to that 91 final. I, I would encourage you to watch that. He does a spectacular job. Jim Courier, our friend, our teammate, and the 1991 Roland Garros champion 30 years ago. Incredible. Well, we are leading up to the men's final. A lot of big-time plays have gotten us here. Are you not entertained, Musetti Magic? Musetti magic indeed as we welcome you back onto our DraftKings tennis channel desk. We've got a brand new set this year. Been here for all two weeks live in Paris from Roland Garros alongside my friends Chanda and Paul. Want to thank the FFT for giving us this this glorious set spot. right in the Good shadows spot. of Philippe Chantrier. Good spot. Absolutely. I think uh, we got pretty lucky here. huh? All the players have loved it. Remember Djokovic said this is this is the best desk he has ever been to here in Paris. <laughs> We're lucky to sit here. All right, time to enter the social net. Ash Barty practicing on grass. With this caption, Chanda, baby steps. She retired from her second round match here with a hip injury. What do you see here? Yeah, I think it's just getting used to the surface, getting back to hitting tennis balls regularly. That's always the challenge. And just making sure you're 100%. You don't want to relapse. You don't want to kind of retweak anything on those first days. Yeah, that's almost been two weeks now, hasn't it? Coming up on two weeks, a long time, and uh, always difficult making the transition to grass. That is tough footing, not stable at all. So let's hope the hip is good to go. Yeah, certainly. I mean, she loves playing on that surface. She would not want to miss Wimbledon coming in as the top seed with an opportunity. And obviously, she tried to gut it out here, Chanda. Just the, the body gave out. She was upset. She had played a ton of matches. But I think if anyone's going to give it a go, it's Ash Barty. Yeah, you think about, you know, her coming back this year, not playing last mm. year as a defending champion. So, you know, kind of different emotions, I think, for Ash Barty stepping back onto the grounds of Roland Garros and then having to retire in her match. Very disappointing even more so for that reason. And nobody able to play Wimbledon last year. The tournament was not held. So I think everybody's just looking forward to getting back to a little more normalcy. It's tough when you're dealing with some injuries during this period of time. And so you've got to manage it at the same time. You're excited about being back out there and playing. So we'll see how everybody handles it. Baby steps, as Paul would say, uh, the micro before the macro. Coach speak. Uh, speaking of steps, Patrick Muradoglu, Paul, tweeting a video of Serena Williams. This caption, Wimbledon mode activated. But, Paul, that looks like a hard court to me. It does look like a hard court. I don't know uh, if Patrick's Academy has grass. I wouldn't think it does, but I don't know. If not, that's probably why. But uh, They don't. But, but my question, I guess, Paul, would be, why aren't you going somewhere where they do have grass if you're getting ready for Wimbledon? I think she'll give herself plenty of time to do that. And I think that a lot of the stuff that she wants to do pattern-wise is going to be able to be emulated on the hard courts just like that, finishing at the net. Don't you think, Chanda? Yeah, that's a good... good focus for Serena and sometimes you just want to get a little more rhythm you know the grass doesn't always give you the mm. most rhythm with the bounces and especially if you maybe haven't gotten as many matches um, as you might have hoped and certainly Serena maybe a little underdone uh, in match play and so you know trying to maybe get some reps get a little better footing and you know make that transition onto the grass when it makes sense for the schedule rhythm and patterns yeah. 
Great answers. Sounds I love good. it. Serena getting ready. Wimbledon mode activated. Men's final mode about to be activated here in Paris. Novak Djokovic, Stefano Tsitsipas. The stage is set. More TC Live after this. Third Sunday in Paris. It all comes down to this. The men's championship. Novak Djokovic, Stefano Tsitsipas. Only four of the last 17 players who've beaten Nadal at a major before the final have won their next match. Djokovic is one of those, and he's actually the only one back on our DraftKings desk who's actually gone on to win the tournament. That was at Wimbledon in 2018. Let's get your predictions. Paul, start with you. Who's, who's winning today? I had it 60-40 for Novak, but I just changed it during the commercial break. To dun, dun, dun. Yep, to 55-45 Novak. Oh, still predicting. Still, no. Yeah, but I'm not going to be surprised at all since he passed wins. What, where did the 5% come from? Just a little bit more uh, introspection about all the stuff, mostly the wisdom that Chanda has been sharing earlier in the show. <laughs> I have to give Chanda credit for that. Seriously, just thinking about the comfort level that Tsitsipas has. And I think that because he's gotten uh, all the other two uh, of the big three in majors, mm -hmm. beaten Novak before, almost beat him a few weeks ago, and lost to him in five here, and today it's going to be hot. I think the Greek is going to be a lot closer than I thought it might have been. So yeah. we're working with percentages here? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I went 55-45. You went 55 No pressure. No pressure. I'm going to go 60-40. That, that way or, or Sitsi Pass? Uh, Djokovic. Okay. Oh, so what you yeah. started with? What I started with? Yeah. See, she copied me. You, you've pushed me the other way, Paul. I can't believe you copied me. See, I didn't impact you at all, which was absolutely the you've antithesis You've pushed me the other goal. way. You've pushed me towards Djokovic. It is our last day. It's been so much fun being here with you all. The Tennis Channel premiere 2 p.m. Eastern of the men's final. Big thanks to our producer, Mark Huska, our director, Chris Castro. Great work for two weeks. For Paul and Chanda, I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live. Our coverage from Nottingham starts after this.